Yeah, buddy. All right. Podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial pursuit, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. If you want to know more about this program or this podcast or want to get barraged by a lot of annoying pop-ups, check out our website, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Yeah, buddy. Happy Thursday morning. It's the LBP. This is the podcast where we believe building a business is the best way to get more personal freedom and opportunity for you and your co-captains. In my case, that's a man for whom buck hunting season is always on. Welcome to the program, Ian. How are you, sir? And where are you located? What's your 20? Doing a little buck hunting over here in San Diego. (laughs) Yeah, buddy. Hey, we've got some uh, news. Uh, Mike and Yuvi. Gave us a ring, and I want you to listen to this audio quality, Ian. They are audio engineers. Hey, Dan and Ian. This is Mike. And Yuvi. Uh, we're a couple of web designers. Uh, I'm also an audio engineer. We both live in Vancouver, BC, Canada. So we both really love your show. We've been listening to it almost every week for about a year. And last week, we were listening to round one of your Business Idea Smackdown podcast episode. And I have to tell you that when I heard you talk about the content creation podcasting idea, I flipped. So all this last week, we've been working to figure out the logistics of providing a content creation publishing syndication service. Yeah, we did a bunch of research on outsourcing costs, figured out how long it's going to take, what the turnaround time would be, designed a landing page. Um, We even wrote a seven-day course to help promote this thing. P.S. We'll be joining the Dynamite Circle in a couple of months, so you guys can expect us there, too. Anyway, I just wanted to let you guys know about uh, our new business idea launch. And if you want to check it out, go to vancouverwebdesignhq.com slash content. Hey, guys, that's absolutely fantastic. It's great to hear. I actually went to the landing page. It looks fantastic. Hey, if you are in the audience and you are interested in this business model, check out seopartner.com. I actually ripped this business model idea off from uh, what James Shramko is currently doing, having huge success with. And this is actually the model that, uh, for those of you who don't know, and I got to tell this story on the podcast, Ian, Way back in the good old days, I was a six-figure SEO consultant. I had a side hustle. What? And yeah, and I, and I actually um, you know, combined some of the concepts that I learned from James and realized that I was basically doing this business but with one big client. Um, and so that's why I had such a clear idea of what that business looked like and how one could scale that. So um, good luck to you guys. And for those of you out in the, in the audience, I know a lot of people were doing SEO hustles. It might make sense to partner with some guy like James who can, you know, James has got this machine on the back end. And one of the biggest problems I see with um, people running SEO shops is they spend all of their time on the back end and not enough on the front end. What you really want to get good at is sales and marketing. Once you build your audience and customer base, then you can build your own machine on the back end. So you got to get good at selling and you got to get good at the hustle and good at the, you know, building your customer base. Yeah, I love it. it like it's it's kind of like um, the advice is, is kind of a little bit contradictory, right? Because we're like, build skills, build skills, uh, know how to do SEO. And then we're like, uh, know how to sell, know how to sell. <laughs> But here's the thing. I mean, what are the good skills? At the end of the day, if you came to me and you said, I can sell anything, 
like a mofo. And then the second skill was like, all right, let me test this one on you. I can do article marketing. <laughs> I'll take the selling. All right, guys. Good luck with that. Hey, Ian, what do you think about a couple iTunes reviews? We got three of them. Five stars from JP says, yeah, buddy. Danny and Ian sitting in a tree. H-U-S-T-L-I-N-G. <laughs> I love it. Five stars from Liz Rodriguez. Incredible resource for web-based businesses everywhere. And Jadam says, amazing resource for U.S.-based solopreneurs. Five stars. Hey, speaking of Alyssa Rodriguez, I heard a nasty rumor that she had 20,000 downloads on her most recent ebook, which I read. It's called Nourishing Wisdom. And I, uh, it's, it's free or it's very cheap. The price is right. Check it out. We'll link C to it. And I'll tell you what I love about this, Ian. Alyssa wrote to this podcast, I don't know if you remember, like a year and a half ago. And she was uh, she was asking for advice about what, what she'd do with her blog. And I think we, we laid it on thick. I do remember. I do remember. She, she wrote in and then uh, we gave her some advice and then she turned around and she implemented it. And that's what she's been up to for the past year and a half. And that is, uh, that is becoming a common story for LBP listeners. Uh, they actually listen to some of the things that happen on the show, which is pretty awesome and then they go and implement it and now they're successful um like Alyssa is so yeah you know and the thing about it is it's like it, it's not about what we say it's just all no. about the friggin imperial implementation man i love it just going and crushing and continuing to write and to ship and to deliver and twenty thousand downloads congratulations and it's it, ian it's actually a great book i really enjoyed it it's a quick read it's this new um, genre of ebooks that are maybe twenty to thirty thousand words, and you can read them in one sitting and learn a lot and get inspired. And that's what happened when I read Nourishing Wisdom. So we'll link you over to that. Thank you, Alyssa, for doing such a great job and for moving the world forward in a positive way. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, buddy, and thanks for the iTunes review. And you know, just a quick note here: you didn't mention it, but uh, one of the people that wrote us an Alyssa or an iTunes review, they said, "I've been listening to you guys for almost the past three years." Is that true? We've sadly been doing this for almost three years. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> hey, Josh, give us a phone call today from a blog. He's running a blog-based business, and he just joined the D.C., actually. Uh, it's called reallifebrazil.com. Let's hear his call. Hey, Dan and Ian. This is Josh from Brazil. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Really love the show. And today I got a question for you about a business that I'm, blog-based business I'm launching next month. It's reallifebrazil.com. And with this business, I plan on making the process of moving to Brazil and especially speaking English in Brazil as easy and painless as possible. So I've got a big launch plan next month. And my first question is, what can I do, what should I do to get the most out of this launch? And as far as product scale, what strategy should I pursue in, in launching products like a all right, Josh, man, you inspired the meat and potatoes today because today we're going to talk about the 10 rules of great content. But you're looking for a strategy? I'll give you a quick one. It's called the rule of six. <laughs> and I'm going to flesh this out later. But here's what I want you to do, man. I want you to go out and identify the top six people in your field, people that have complementary businesses, people that are authorities in your space. Figure out how you can help and complement what they are doing with your content. And after you launch, try to significantly help each and every one of them. So I think, you know, those six relationships at the beginning would mean more than 600 people on your mailing list because those are the people that you're going to have a long-term market-moving relationship with over the long term. And how are you going to have the credibility to interact with these people? Well, you're going to have to have a rock-solid and leveraged 
content plan. And that means you're going to have to bang out great content on a regular schedule. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What is great content? Looking forward to uh, meeting Josh too. I think Josh is going to come out to our, uh, to our meetup here in San Diego on Friday. So looking forward to meeting Josh and talking more about this real life Brazil. I also, uh, Dan, I'm looking forward to fleshing out that idea and you just barely touched on it. Um, the idea of uh, six people. So the six most important people in your life, the only six people that you can keep in contact with. You only have time for six people. I'm interested to, uh, to beat that idea up and see uh, what that might mean. Yeah. I had some, uh, it, the light bulb went off for me when I was getting worried about us scaling our staff, Ian. And then I read um, a biopic about Steve Jobs and it said, Steve Jobs only talks to six people. And then I like looked at my life and I was like, I only talk to six people. And I was like, well, wait a second. That's not so intimidating. <laughs> so uh, we're going to work on the rule of six. But today, let's talk about the 10 rules of great content. Number one, systematic visibility. By the way, do you think this uh, uh, reallifebrazil.com is a winning concept? I think it is pretty cool. Yeah. I, you know, I think a lot of people, they they um, were were becoming more available to travel and kind of live where we want to live. And I find like if I was going to go to Brazil, like I need to figure out how I can go to Brazil, how I can create an income, uh, where are the places I'm going to hang out, who am I going to hang out with? Absolutely. I think that's a fabulous product. That's basically what we're talking about, right? Yeah. And this is a growth marketplace too. I mean, there's going to be a lot more people wanting to move to Brazil in the next five years than in the previous five years. So I like that basic fundamental of that business. And it, it looks like Josh has got a real passion for helping people in this way. So yeah, it's a big money problem. I'm digging it. All right, number one rule of great content. So this is the the new term that we think is gonna you know replace magnetic marketing and SEO is systematic visibility. In 2013, we're gonna start talking about systematic visibility, and that means being on time, having a regular leveraged content schedule, and being able to be found for all the, you know, the products, the services, the information, the conversations that you're having to basically um, be there for that. And I think that that means getting yourself on, you, you got to sit down with your content strategy and figure out a way that you can pump out conversational pieces to be in every conversation that's relevant to your business on a regular basis. And I think the other thing that you have to do is uh, you have to come up with a SOP. And we're getting really big into SOP, Standard Operating Procedures, uh, especially after talking with uh, Mr. Shramko over there. And uh, we've just started to write down a lot more processes because that's the way that things scale and that's the way that uh, you come up with these systems is that you become uh, basically uh, militant about your process. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's a great little fun thing. You know, you make these own little... Your business is like your own little country, you know, and it's it's powered by people. And if you don't have laws and policies in place for those people to default to, then uh, you're you're leaving a lot of money on the table. And so definitely that's something we're focused on. I'll tell you what, though, with these systems, um, you know, and this is kind of getting off the point of systematic visibility, but it is uh, on the point of organizations and, and uh, being organized and things like that. I think in the beginning, it's not the best idea to, to come up with systems like we didn't have a lot of systems in place. Um, because we're throwing a lot of spaghetti on the wall in the beginning of our business, trying to see what works. And I do think that you can waste a lot of time coming up with these SOPs. But essentially what's happened is um, we've parked on these rivers of cash flow and we figured out what's working. And parts of our businesses um, aren't startups anymore. Those are established business. And so it does make sense to have uh, systems in place. I know that's a little bit off the topic of system uh, systematic visibility. 
Yeah, and we'll, we'll definitely pull together a boring episode about systems very soon. But actually, I've been excited by this stuff. So we'll, we'll try to find a way to make it exciting. All right, number two, speaking of exciting, traffic and conversion are getting more sophisticated. You know, back in the good old days, man, everybody talked about these like, well, I'm getting 20,000 people coming to my site per month. Good luck with that, by the way. And then how many people are opting in versus how many people are buying this product. And I just feel like the internet is getting so efficient and so transparent that things like you saw Shramco getting rid of his affiliate program. I actually think affiliates for especially internet marketing products are going to be less relevant. Why? Because it's going to be so easy to figure out what the source is. I mean, where is this coming from? You know, there's there, these inefficiencies are difficult to exploit on the internet and they're, they're melting away. You know what it's like, man? It's like uh, it's like being in Hong Kong, right? And uh, there's like a huge shop that sells all kinds of replica watches. And then you've got all the guys out front that are setting up tables that are selling replica watches too, you know? <laughs> and uh, their prices are no better than what's inside. And you're like, dude, I can just walk right into the source right there. It's right there. I'm just going to walk in the store. Why do I need to deal with you? That's a great point. And that stuff's melting away on the internet. And I think you have to think more about, you know, the shake hands test. Like when someone opts into your mailing list, do you want to shake hands and get on Skype with that person? If you don't want to Skype with people getting on your mailing list, think twice, especially when you're in the first three, four years of your business, right? And, uh, you know, so it becomes more important who is getting on your mailing list and, and they're not just random numbers anymore. And so I think that that's an evolution that we're going to see a lot more of in the coming years. Dan, do you remember um, when we first started uh, one of our lists for one of our product companies? Uh, I don't know if you did this, but I did this. Like every single person that would sign up, uh, I would Google their email address and just figure out who they were. And I probably did this for like the first 100, 200 people, I'd imagine. Because I really wanted to know who was on our mailing list. I very much hope that the listeners don't Google our email addresses, FYI. (laughs) All right, number three, how to make great content. Become a mini New York Times of your niche. Hey, if you know, part of the reason I'm just enamored by the AdSense Flipper story is if I would have come to you in 2009 and said, hey, bro, I got an idea. Here's what you should do. You should put up a blog and you should talk about the most normal thing on the internet, which is Google AdSense. And you shouldn't even talk about sophisticated websites. You should talk about niche websites and you should just talk about it every day. And everybody would be like, you're freaking crazy. Who wants to hear about AdSense? You know, but, but I think the most amazing thing about that story is that they did become the mini New York Times for AdSense and people that are building their whole lives around AdSense niche sites, they want content all the time. They could stand to hear about that every single day. And there was no one providing that content. And now you can't have a conversation on the web about AdSense without men- mentioning these guys. Um, and I think that this, this concept has been totally under leverage. You look at what entrepreneuronfire.com is doing. Um, you know, this is a new entrepreneurial program. Does the world need another entrepreneurial podcast? No, but people who want that stuff, they want it very badly and they want it every day. So you wake up every morning and that's a podcast that you can listen to about entrepreneurship and then becoming the mini New York times of web-based entrepreneurship. That's the place to go if you want to hear about it on a daily basis. And the great thing about this is we're talking about two overexploited internet marketing entrepreneurship based niches, right? So this stuff hasn't even gotten down to the, 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 you know, the more average niches, right? I mean, we talk about Kate at moderncat.net all the time, you know, 27,000 subscribers strong talking about boutique cat furniture. So the opportunity to be a mini New York Times is freaking endless. And even in the most monetized niches, if you can find a way to invest in great content every day, that's an opportunity. Yeah, buddy. I really think you're right about this one. Number four, be generous. 
you check out Dan Norris's uh, most lately lately podcasty on podcasting? I check out all his stuff, man. He basically wrote a book about podcasting. Unbelievable. That's right. It was a, it was generous. And uh, one of the speeches I give when people are making the, the they're having their entrepreneurial baptism is I'm like, look, get ready because I know you're broke. I know you're strung out. I know you feel like you're only doing this because you want to get ahead in life. But here's the problem. You're going to have to start giving. And I know you don't feel like you have a lot to give right now, but that's not true. You're a great person. You, I mean, that's the whole thing. That's the real flip here is that the people who get ahead in life, they give so much more than they get. And that's the name of the game in entrepreneurship and content. And you see this with like bloggers and like the more baller a blogger gets, the more generous their blog becomes. Absolutely. Yeah. You start linking out to people. Um, you know, Z- Zig Ziglar uh, just passed away this week. And, uh, you know, the, everybody's talking about Zig Ziglar online because I think uh, he was a really inspirational guy in a lot of ways. And uh, one of his famous quotes was, uh, you will get all you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. And I think that's really true. Boom. Number five, create new nomenclature and thought frameworks for your readers and listeners to operate with. This is really useful. I was just talking to uh, Ben, Tropical MBA, number freaking 10 million by now. Uh, he, great guy. And he was just telling me, man, you know, everybody knew about Rip, Pivot, and Jam, but it was so cool that you guys like gave it a separate thought framework because now we can kind of communicate with each other, pass the idea along, and then use it as a rubric to overlay on our own thinking. And then after that, t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. And we could have easily, and then we could, and then we'll have a $97 product, and then we're going to have coaching, premium platinum. Uh, but, you know, the cool, the cool thing about it is, is uh, you know, we could have just made that episode, and we, we were very close to just making that episode um, you know, the ultimate model to finding your next business idea. But instead, we created a new thought framework, and now it's become something like a tool that people can use. Uh, same deal with the 80-20 principle. You know, Tim Ferriss um, resurrected an old thought framework for people to use as a tool, and now you hear people using it as a verb all the time. Hey, I'm going to 80-20 that. Um, and, and same thing with Dave Ramsey did with the envelope system. You know, that's that cash. He could have just said, here's the best way to manage your finances right? The ultimate guide to managing your finances. But instead he said, here's the envelope system and here's how it works. And that's a thought framework. That's a tool and that's useful. And that's great content, which makes it number five. I think one of the things that, uh, I'm going to cut you off here for number six. One of the things that makes it um, really useful here for creating the new nomenclature or the framework is to actually have like a visual reference. Maybe it makes sense to like dig more into like, and I'm sure Tim Ferriss, because he's such a mensch, he does this. He like tries to figure out like, What's what's gonna stick, you know? But uh, I, for some reason, uh, I think that it probably has to do with like visual references, and that's why like the envelope system works, and like rip pivot jam for me works. Like, I actually imagine somebody playing basketball, so could have something to do with that. I don't know. Very cool. All right, number six paves a new way forward. So great content is leadership oriented, and I think this is a great. You know, basically, most internet marketers can't get by this form of leadership, which is leading people to their mailing list. And I think there's so many other ways to lead people with your content. You can lead them to events or you can lead them to email you about a particular problem that they might have. Um, you can lead them to um, you know, a, a, an online event like a webinar or something like that. Or you could lead them by saying, I think you should do this. I think you should go to Vietnam. I think you should go to Ho Chi Minh City in January because that's going to be the digital nomad capital of the world. You can be able to meet all these amazing people. And I'm not just going to put it out there with a limp wrist. I'm going to say, no, if you're like this, you should do X. That's leadership content. And I think that's what people, 
you know, they're missing. That's, it's, it's one thing to get information, but it's another thing for people to say, here's what you should do. That's leadership. That's entrepreneurship. And that's, like how, that's how you make money, I think. All right, number seven, says something new. Great content says something new. I think we're going to pass that test with this, con- with this uh, podcast, Ian. I'm not sure about that, man. But but you're right about this. I mean, I've I've read uh, several articles and several books that are on the same topic, but they just basically say something new, right? It's like one little piece of information uh, that they've brought forward or one twist that they've put on it or one perspective that they've put on it that makes the information a little bit different for you. And I think that's why it's so important in our daily lives to hear like the same thing 20 times. It's like, yeah, you hear the same thing 20 times, like don't eat... Um, don't eat fatty foods or don't eat carbs or whatever it is. But then it's that one time that somebody says something that makes sense to you, that it clicks, and that's what changes your life. Well, there's a couple strategies here you can use. Is number one, don't be scared of people leaving your site. I think this is like the you know, the the biggest mistake that new mar- one of the biggest mistakes that new content creators make is they make their content insular. Like there was this whole thing of like evergreen content back in the day, you know? And, and it's like, well, I, I'm not going to link out to somebody else because that link might be broken in a couple months or whatever. Yeah, but really the truth behind evergreen content was I want to be able to sell this product for the next five years and kick my feet up. Yeah, and that doesn't pan out so well generally. Um, it doesn't pan out. I'll just put it out there. It does not pan out. It does not work. <laughs> but, you know, it's sort of ridiculous if you're going to be, especially when it comes to writing blog posts, if you're going to be writing a blog post and someone said something similar or better that you're not going to take the opportunity to link out of that. And it could be pure laziness. It could be like an insular mindset. But, you know, if you're not going to link to people that are saying things that are similar or better, it's going to make the relevance of your content less and it's going to make me trust you less. And so one way is you can build trust is you can start to set the tone for the types of people who are talking about the things that you're doing. So we we call this creating a content cabal and going out there and identifying the people in your niche. Like I would say, for example, a content cabal that we're a part of, Ian, it would be like startups to the rest of us and Foolish Adventure. Podcasts like that, we're all like moving the same kind of ball down the same field. You know, niche focused, hustle oriented, bootstrapping entrepreneurs. Like that's our crowd. And, and it would be ridiculous to talk as if we're the only podcast on the planet that's trying to advance those kinds of ideas. Yeah. And this is, um, this is even something that goes on in industry. This is something that we do in industry. Like we talk to all the guys that manufacture the same products that we do. Right. So it doesn't make that much sense or it would make sense that you would talk to everybody that's putting on a similar podcast as you. So maybe that's part of your six people that you engage with. Uh, I would definitely recommend it. I would say the most linked um, blog. I don't know if this is connected, but the most linked to podcast or blog post I've ever written was when I wrote a huge blog post about all the pod, all the podcasts and blogs that I listen to and why. And I noticed that Startups for the Rest of Us recently did a great episode, and we'll link you over to that, where they outlined all the podcasts that they listened to and they reviewed them, gave us a stellar review. Thank you guys. And I think the the, the interesting thing about that is like, look, your audience is people that love content right? If you're doing content marketing, your audience loves content. So if that's the case, give them more content that's not yours. And to act as if they're not looking at other content, like you're the only, you're the only content lover that they have. And I see, right. I see the people doing this, man. And it's, it's really hurting your chances at having great content. So don't do that. All right. Let's get moving on to number eight. Says something from discrete experience. Let's just let that rest. Says something from experience. If you don't have experience, try to back up what you're saying. Back up what you're saying with data or something. Points really fall flat when you don't back stuff up and you just make grand proclamations. I'd rather hear a very, I'd rather hear a point, you know, 
ex extrapolated from a very small data point, from a discrete experience that you've had, than some grand idea from some noob who obviously doesn't know what they're doing. Would this be like uh, reading a beer blog when the person doesn't drink alcohol? That's correct. I'd much rather read a drunk blogger than some guy who doesn't know what he's talking about. Number nine, follows a narrative. I think great content has narrative elements, Ian. You want to follow the story of what's going on at your favorite mini New York Times. So I love that when you go to the AdSense flippers, it's not just spreadsheets every Monday, but it's, you know, Joe and Justin can write posts about their lifestyle but that that can then dovetail into the story of their business, the story of what they're doing. Again, narrative has real value for people, not only entertainment value, but it helps set vision and leadership. Like, hey, Joe and Justin thought it was a good idea to hang out in DeVal. Um, that might weigh into my judgments and help make my judgments easier too. So it's actually, there's some real value there um, aside from just having it be bubblegum entertainment. Yeah, I do like the entertainment value, though, too. Absolutely, especially when it comes to Joe and Justin. Those guys are awesome. All right, number 10, uh, great content is doused in perspective. And I really want you to think about pushing perspective forward in your content. because, And you could think about this as like the way Agoda is different from photos. I, I had this great experience yesterday where Agoda here in Asia, it's like the number one hotel booking website. And I jumped onto it at like five minutes before I had to get on a boat. And my favorite hotel was booked up. So uh, I'm actually in Manila right now. I, <laughs> I'll tell that story some other time. But anyway, so... Um, narrative. narrative. That's a narrative. It, that's a narrative. Tip. Da, da, da. So, <laughs> but photos is like this generic, like informational thing, right? But you go into Agoda and you see what people think about stuff. And so the great thing about being the uh, mini New York Times and injecting that narrative is like, okay, I know I relate to Joe and Justin. So when they deliver perspective and judgments, that is like so much more valuable. So here's the idea. Like entertainment is like the lowest level of value. And that's great. I want to have something to like feast my mind on. The next level is like information. That's really good too. Um, but the next level is leadership. Like you should do X. Like here is our, there's an implicit you should in perspective content, right? You don't have to say you should. But what you're saying is like, here's who I am. You guys know Dan and Ian. Dan and Ian love living in Bali. If you're like X, you should live in Bali, right? So that's kind of, that's huge because the hardest part about life and the most glucose intensive tasks are making decisions. So if you can help people make decisions, that's being a leader, then boom, you're going to find yourself leading a, a community of people who um, you know have a high buying temperature for the types of products and services that you're offering. That's right. If you guys like the Beats, click my Amazon affiliate <laughs> link. Get yourself a pair. All right. Let's get moving on to just the tips. All right, Ian. Do you got anything to add about the great content stuff or anything, uh, any lingering philosophical ramblings? Um... Not right now. Speaking of great content, I have been listening to Audible like a maniac. After my 57 hours with William Shire and the rise and fall of the Third Reich, I was sad. You ever have that experience where you're like sad when a book's over? Oh, yeah. Because I was like, I can't read this book again now. And this book doesn't exist. Ah, so sad. So what I did was I went and got A Narrative of the Civil War by Shelby Foote, which is a comparable and similarly famous book about the U.S. Civil War. And I've been having another great experience listening to that. So can't suggest Audible and those two titles enough. And finally, Ian, um, I will recommend officially Trip It. Like I said, I went on a quick visa run to Manila and to do some business here in the city. 
just a few days ago. And Brendan Tully, man, he was like, look, Dan, I respect you on certain fronts, but on certain fronts, you are not what you claim to be, which is a travel expert. If you're not using TripIt.com, you're crazy. And you know what I thought, Ian? I thought, not another app. I'm so done with app creep. You know, that's what I do. That's what I do during this section. I usually just sit back because it's rare that I have a tip for a new app because I try to like not let this happen to me. Like it takes a long time for things to catch on for me because I want to make sure they're tried, true, and tested. I'll let guys like you be the pioneers out there, waste all your time. But you're telling me TripIt's where it's at. I should really be on that. It's so low friction, and I'll tell you how it works. You go to TripIt.com and you sign up and it takes less than two minutes. So your total time investment is two minutes, okay? Then you confirm your membership. Then... Every time you get a plane ticket or a hotel reservation or anything like that, you forward it to trips at tripit.com. And mind you, also I'll forward it to my Evernote to just have it as a backup. And it's so simple. That's it. So it syncs with your phone or your touch or whatever. And then when you click on the TripIt app on your phone, your travel plans are laid out so nicely. And that, like you know how you have to show like your outbound ticket at the kiosk and if you want to yeah. like call the phone numbers there. And it'll give you little calendar reminders and stuff. And it's just, it's so low friction and it's so simple. Like just that two minutes at tripit.com is worth, you know, um, the convenience over top of like opening up PDFs on your phone just because of the way it formats it. So it's just an email away. You're two minutes in an email. And I think it's one of those things. It's like a little life system that's worth setting up. So big ups to the BTNator, Brendan Tully, for dropping value bombs. And he, you can find him over at the searchengineshop.com. So what do you think I should do with my flip phone? Should I trade that into? I hope so, buddy. I hope so. All right, we're going to play you guys out with a delightful mix of Easy e and Johnny Cash's by DJ Top Cat. And, of course, uh, big ups to my Top Cat, Mr. Ian in San Diego. Heading out to Bali pretty soon, right, buddy? Yeah, man. See you soon. All right, see you next Thursday. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything we do. Always be a good boy, don't ever play with guns But I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die When I hear that whistle blowing, I hang my head and cry Jumped up on fools with a quickness And he got no cure for this sickness I get paid for the way that I kick this Like a G-star, an OG star a real player named Easy, and I live my life straight crazy. Don't need no punk fools paying me, and real groupies and hoochies don't face me. I take two steps back and release myself. The good platinum and gold on a record show. I don't brag, but I tell it like it's straight up biz. Before you do a record partner, handle your business. And don't get caught slipping on the under, or you might wonder. What's up on the mean? I call a spade a spade and get paid. G show the way, so I give love to him. When I was just a baby. My mama told me, son, always be a good boy, don't ever play with guns, but I shot a man in Reno.